Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. China has concluded its uh, twice-a-decade national financial work conference that assesses the current status of the country's financial sector and sets priorities for financial work for the next five years. This is the sixth edition of the meeting since 1997, and each of the past meetings have focused on different issues and tasks reflecting challenges facing China's financial system. What are the highlights of the meeting and what is the status report of China's financial sector? And what are its predictions for growth of the Chinese economy in the short, medium and the long terms? To discuss these issues and more, I'm joined by Professor Liu Baocheng from the University of International Business and Economics, Mr. Chen Jiahe, Chief Investment Officer at Novam Archie Technologies, and Dr. William Li, Chief Economist at Milking Institute. Welcome to Dialogue. Baocheng, I will start with you. So different financial work conferences you know, have different challenges, different tasks. So what are the highlights of this most recent one? This is considered to be a very critical juncture where the Chinese economy is still in an uh, uphill battle, uh, where uh, we are heading to uh, around 5% growth rate. Uh, at the same time, we can see that uh, there are uh, some uh, the uh, noises in the financial market uh, in terms of the uh, uh, massive the uh, real estate development uh, uh, problem. Uh, and that is really involving also the banks and also the uh, the debt ratio uh, in some of the uh, local governments is also mounting. So uh, therefore, uh, it is really time to adjust on biannual basis of the uh, policy directions. And uh, this policy direction is there to provide a uh, healthy environment, first of all, to consolidate the uh, regulatory environment for all the financial sectors, be it stock exchange, uh, security exchange, and uh, 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 banking and insurance, etc. And the other is uh, to uh, channel more of the liquidity to the development of the real economy, and then uh, to further open the Chinese market for the participation of a global financial market. So lastly, it's really uh, there to reiterate the importance of uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong uh, as the financial hub to shore up the uh, Chinese economy for the next phase of high quality growth. Mm -hmm. uh, Jiahe, what do you make of the overall the tone and the policy priorities uh, set at the conference? Well, we have seen many things, you know, the, the conference said a lot of things, but there are, well, a few things that really impressed me. The first thing is that this financial conference has said, you know, financial market is super important to the economy, to, to the country. So this is a very uh, strong emphasis towards the financial market, which many financial institutions uh, has actually felt that. So we are... Uh, becoming much more confident about the market. You know, the, the, the government started saying that this financial market is so important to the real economy. So this is really a kind of stimulation to the market. The second is that this conference has been emphasized on accumulate, uh, you know, sorting out the risk that is possibly coming out in many areas, such as it has mentioned real estate, uh, stock market, fix, fixed income, foreign exchange, all these kind of things. So this is something that assure you that uh, not a large risk will possibly come out because it, 
if you look at financial market, we never seen financial market in the world that has no risk at all. The problem is that in many cases, people didn't realize that there is coming to be a risk. So everybody is happy. Like for example, in 2007, everyone is so happy with derivatives. And then later on, the derivatives got into a big problem. So the good thing is that the government started to recognizing there would be possible risks in so many areas, starting to make plans for them. So in that case, you won't have serious problems. Mm -hmm. uh, William, so what are the issues that you are following closely? Well, I think the near-term issues that's facing China are also the ones that the conference addressed, which is what's happening in, in local government financing and the property market. Uh, the property market has been at the heart of the drag that's on the Chinese economy in the near term. And, and, and going forward, it's also one of the vulnerabilities about uh, fiscal policy in China. Uh, right now, local governments are very restrained in being able to, to do fiscal policy. And, and the conference looks like it's trying to address ways to improve the financing of local governments in a way that allow fiscal policy to come back into, into, into use again. Uh, and, and more importantly, um, I think I, I echo my colleagues uh, in saying that uh, the purpose of the financial markets is really to serve the real economy. That's true globally, and even more so in China. China's financial markets are, are still relatively young. Um, it's very bank-based, and because it's bank-based, uh, there's not a lot of transparency, and we depend on the supervisors and regulators to provide the kind of supervision and, and regulation and framework that will allow the banks to behave in a way that that is um, uh, doing the job of pushing money and capital into the place where it's needed most. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Bo Chang, as uh, you know, many of you have mentioned about uh, you know the real economy. Uh, the, the purpose of the financing market is for the real economy. I mean, China has been stressing that for a long time. Why the stress on that? You know, serving the real economy is it to prevent uh, potential risks, or is it to simply for the growth of the economy? Well, China over the years has been in a, a very active restructuring of its economic portfolio, um, where uh, there has been some strays. Uh, I, I really witness is that uh, uh, we seem to be uh, too much uh, involved in the uh, financial transactions. It's uh, money creating money, and uh, with more derivative uh, developed, and where the manufacturer is uh, sidelined, and particularly when China is looking more seriously uh, uh, with regard to food security in the agriculture area. And also uh, it goes for the uh, heavy manufacturer because uh, uh, we are going for high quality growth and uh, uh, we need to uh, strengthen our role as the uh, big manufacturing hub uh, in the global supply chain. And uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, we also need to introduce more of the uh, uh, modern technologies like digitization into the manufacturing sector. And the fact that uh, over uh, this year, the PMI, uh, particularly pointing to manufacture, is not very promising. So uh, actually the recent release uh, one day ago uh, is that we also dipped into the contraction uh, stage. So therefore, I think the central government have taken full notice of that to uh, really to support the real economy, it can really, on one hand, prevent uh, the financial bubbles. On the other, it really shows up the, uh, the strengthening of the Chinese economy because that's also the focus, strengthening, strengthening the nation 
uh, by uh, this uh, the work conference through the financial management uh, is really the key. And therefore, it is really the right time. We need to go forward with this new mission. Mm -hmm. uh, well, if you look at the uh, details of the conference, uh, Jiahe, you know, the meeting urged more financial resources uh, that you know, should be leveraged to support scientific and tech uh, innovations and for advanced manufacturing, you know, green development, uh, small and medium-sized enterprises and innovation-driven development strategies, uh, etc. Uh, so can we say the priorities is all about, uh, I mean, it's very clear if you look at the messages about the priorities of the Chinese uh, economic growth, you know, uh, more probably uh, cash or liquidity for the small and the medium sized companies and more for innovation and more for tech development. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, this this story has to be understood uh, when we look at the whole picture of the Chinese economic growth in the past few decades. You know, uh, previously China was heavily emphasizing on things like real estate, exports, large manufacturing, infrastructure building, all these all these kind of things. And these kind of so-called heavy industries uh, has actually supported China's astonishing economic growth in the past four decades. You know, China grew from somewhere around just a few hundred. Uh, USD per capita uh, to currently the per capita GDP is about 13,000 USD per capita. So that's a very large increase. But the thing is that we can't keep on uh, going on that route forever because currently China is already the world's largest exporter. Uh, China produces about half of the world's steel and about 60% of the cement, you know, all these kind of things. So we have to change in the future if China wants to go to a higher level. Uh, as all these areas that you mentioned, green uh, economy, you know, high tech, uh, new medicine, uh, private economy, consumption economy, all these kind of things. So it, it is very clear that the central government has actually realized all these kind of things and is directing the financial system to support economic growth in all these areas. So this is actually the, a sustainable growth if we look for the next two or three decades. Mm -hmm. uh, well, William, you mentioned about the, I mean, uh, several of you has mentioned about the real estate sector. I mean, we know that the challenges uh, over there, some of the biggest companies are facing these financial constraints there. And now, interestingly, uh, on the housing market, the meeting urged to improve supervision, but at the same time, to meet the reasonable financing needs of real estate enterprises of uh, uh, basically without discrimination. So what's the message here? Can we say, you know, probably there will be a relief for some of the companies there? Well, the key message that really has to come out, and I'm not sure it has, is that the vulnerability in the, in the real estate sector is one of leverage, that, that too much debt has been used in the production of housing. Uh, and, and how do we get out of that problem? The banks are highly leveraged. The, the people themselves are highly leveraged in the sense that uh, they have huge mortgages for property that, that hasn't even been built yet. Uh, so, so I think the, the key is to find a way to, to, to lower the amount of leverage without killing the sector itself. And, and that's going to be a very big challenge for the, the policymakers. And I would also say that one reason why perhaps China has gotten into such a difficulty is that a lot of the lending was done by banks and the banks were, were in a way uh, encouraged to do this. Um, uh, and, and I think one of the things that we all talked about uh, is the need for redirecting capital, redirecting it away from uh, over-investments in the property market toward the high-tech industries and high-value-added industries like artificial intelligence and digitization that, that we just mentioned. So how do you do that? 
well, you let market forces in the West uh, is, is how we do it. Uh, and, and I think in China, uh, what I, I would like to hear more of is how the implementation of the next five-year plan is going to allow more market forces to direct the flow of capital. And, and I think that's a, a message that I think has to be emphasized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, do you agree with William here? Uh, probably we should let the market decide. You know, some of the companies probably they ha- will have to fall and then to create a, I mean, more robust or more competitive uh, you know, entities there. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, uh, China has actually saying that the market economy is definitely the key point for economic growth in the past few decades. You know, uh, people make their decisions, work their work, and some of the companies do fail. I mean, if, if you have a market economy, everyone survives and no one is cleared out uh, and everybody's happy. That's not the case. Uh, people are not going to work hard in that case. So, yeah, I mean, uh, as, uh, as it's just being said, you know, uh, some of the companies getting out of the game and the, the people who made the wrong decision either because they are not working hard enough or they make the wrong business decision or they put too much leverage on their balance sheets like some of the real estate developer has been doing in the past you know few decades and now they meet the problem when the market is coming down so i mean all these kind of things a kind of failure rate is uh, the sign of a healthy market economy mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you know uh, how this is a Let's say uh, you know some of the reasonable demand will be met uh, through the financial means. Bolton, does that mean you know the government is going to bail out some of the too big to fail companies here in the real sector? Well, I think that's a very tough question because uh, the uh, the biggest companies are populated by the state-owned uh, firms. Of course, they uh, play a uh, pillar role uh, to sharp the Chinese economy, and they are too important to fail. Uh, uh, in addition to uh, uh, being too big to fail. And uh, uh, together also with the state-owned banks. And I see that uh, there has been a poor picture of their profit rate over the past three quarters. And uh, now uh, the government is not really really there to bail them out with uh, the right finance, but more of the policy support. Uh, for example, by uh, having them uh, to have more uh, the professional operation and also by uh, warning of the risk that's involved and uh, together with uh, the heavy-handed anti-graft campaign to get rid of those, uh, the uh, cockroaches uh, within this uh, industry and because they involve uh, too much of the uh, finance that can really uh, sh- uh, the produce an earthquake in some of the sectors. So right now we can see that uh, some of the big sharks are being prosecuted. And uh, uh, you know, on the other hand, the how we can really provide a more of a healthy environment through fair competition. You have been talking about innovation. Actually, uh, you know, if you talk with the P2P people, with many of those uh, you know, uh, who are engaged in the micromanagement, they all talk about innovation, but innovation has been used more as a disguise for their conspiracies uh, within the financial market. So therefore, uh, instead of you know, the allow them to uh, fool people around, and the government now is uh, uh, tightening its oversight on one hand, and uh, from the uh, entry into the market to the entire process of operation. And on the other, uh, 
the uh, government is there, particularly from this conference, that uh, is there to support the uh, uh, people and companies who operate on accountable and sustainable basis so that uh, the uh, money can be used more effectively to support the economic development and also high quality growth. So hopefully that can be uh, translated into real operation uh, at the different level and particularly at the uh, local level and also at the uh, major uh, players level uh, like the stocks change and also security uh, market. Well, aside from this, uh, you know, market entities, uh, the players, Jack, uh, uh, there, um, of course, the, the another issue is really also, you know, from the local governments. That's local debts. We know uh, there has been mounting challenges, you know, for local governments. Uh, so, are we seeing a new way forward here from the conference? Well, I would say the local government debt is something, you know, everyone knows right now. The central government knows it, the local government knows it, the financial participants knows it. So it's, it's, it's a problem that everyone knows it's a problem. The good thing is that it's an internal debt. So internal debt, if you look at the global financial history, internal debt, uh, you know, a debt in its own printing currency is never uh, well, a large challenge to any government because we can always, uh, you know, the money is under the printing of the central government. So that's not always a problem. The problem is that if you, you have a country having a very large amount of external debt, for example, when you go to the 1997 Asian financial crisis, you know, the, the, the countries like Thailand, Malaysia, they got broken down because they borrowed too much US dollar and they don't print this money. So that's a problem that came out. And currently China really has enough uh, resources to deal with this local government debt. We have done the calculation about how much uh, money is there. It's a, uh, we estimated around about you know, somewhere three to six trillion, uh, which is a very, it's a pretty large number if you look at the absolute amount. But if you look at how much money Chinese government and uh, the GDP is actually making every year, it's a relatively small number. So I would say this problem, as we have actually noticed it, uh, it will be able to be sorted out in the next few years with a gradual process. I mean, all the, the central governments, the local governments, the financial institutions, we have to work together on this. But it's not a problem that will not be sorted out. Mm -hmm. Well, for that, I, I uh, disagree on two points. One is that uh, the uh, some of the monies are really uh, uh, collected in some of the private hands and there has been massive uh, capital flight out of China. So therefore, they are not really uh, being used or uh, being hidden in somewhere in China in one day is going to relieve the liquidity and productivity. And on the other is that uh, whether those uh, you know, investments uh, you know, by this debt uh, is being used more effectively to support uh, even a longer term delivery or return on investment. So that's another question. I see that as some of the local government investment is now a waste. You know, you, we can uh, see that over the last few months, they bomb uh, a number of buildings that are, are there, uh, you know, uh, being uh, before they are finished. So therefore, uh, the waste and also capital flight is adding uh, the uh, salt into the wound. Mm -hmm. Well, William, based on the Chinese experience, I mean, this is not the first time uh, the Chinese government yeah. interfaces uh, challenges, you know, uh, financially or from the local debt issue. Uh, you know, do you see a clear way forward for the Chinese government here? 
Well, it's not just China, but the, around the world, we have had institutions that have been gotten control because they made bad loans, uh, or the asset value backing the debt is is much less than what people thought. And one solution is to have the good bank, bad bank solution, which is to uh, push all of the bad debt into uh, uh, holders, um, whether it's a, a, a company that's owned by the government or, or, or jointly owned with the private sector, and mark that market down, mark the, the debt down so that we can clean up the balance sheets of everybody else to be able to allow these institutions to, to do uh, proper financing. One of the things I think that we have to be careful about is that capital flight in China uh, is results because people feel that the money is not being used uh, efficiently in China and they're looking for better rates of return elsewhere. Now, if China can demonstrate that it, there are higher val value investments and high return investments within China, and everyone knows that the sectors that, that those are located in, whether it's uh, uh, electric vehicles or, 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 or quantum computing or, or artificial intelligence, uh, how do we get the money there? Uh, how do we free up the resources to be able to get that? And that requires some 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 resolution of this uh, outstanding debt problem. Um, and a lot of it has come from the local governments, but so much of it is hidden inside the banks. So reforming the banking system is really key to, to, to improving China's future. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, if you look at the uh, other uh, important issues here, you know, the uh, work conference also stressed that, you know, a prudent monetary policy should be maintained. Uh, people say that means China will not engage in excessive monetary uh, supply. Uh, Bo Chen, you know, of course, you know, when we talk about that inside China, people uh, thought of this uh, full trillion um, yuan package uh, to save the economy uh, around the 2008-2009 financial crisis there. Uh, so are we too cautious or, you know, to engage any kind of, uh, you know, excessive package to save the economy or how about, you know, how efficient is the practice of, you know, targeted, let's say, uh, you know, money supply uh, to the different sectors here? Yeah, you mentioned about the uh, four trillion packages uh, uh, that really uh, helped China to avert the risk of uh, the financial contagion uh, in the uh, financial crisis uh, uh, twice, actually, the uh, from the Asian financial crisis in 1977 and then the uh, global financial crisis in 2008. Uh, but in the same time, we also accumulate problems. There has been excessive capacity uh, with the uh, wrong investment because they are uh, only con considering the uh, capacity, the uh, skill up without really uh, taking full consideration of the demand and also the market changes. And so there are uh, lessons to be learned. And uh, uh, on the other hand, the, uh, uh, this work conference also uh, make uh, another uh, great point that uh, uh, people first. Uh, so the in in terms of people first the government will have to take care uh, as a priority the uh inflation rate because people you and me do feel uh some of the uh prices are really getting up uh, but uh, we need to maintain our uh, inflation rate uh, around three uh, percent without really uh high hikes so that people uh, will feel more confident in the uh, ex uh expanding their purchase power and uh, uh, on the other is that, uh, you know, uh, we are not really uh, from at least what I personally see, we are not really short of liquidity. 
but uh, its money is really non-performing. Some uh, a, a big chunk of the money is not really performing. So that's why the uh, government really make great emphasis that it needs to be ch channeled to productivity, not only to the real economy, but also to the service sector and to R&D, etc. So. Uh, Instead of, you know, you lent to me, I lent to the other, all of us are really, uh, you know, uh, increasing the GDP uh, on nominal basis, but without really turning into real product and without really turning into real competitive edge for the Chinese export. So that's something that we really worry about. And uh, that's why I really congratulate uh, this conference It's really streamlining, uh, you know, the uh, management uh, over this so that uh, money can be uh, used more effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, well, uh, Jiahe, I mean, of course, you know, given all these uh, efforts to tackle the challenges and also the plans for the next five years, uh, it's, you know, the ultimate goal is about the economic uh, growth uh, or stable growth in the long term. Uh, you know, we know that the country has a target of 5% uh, economic expansion for the year 2023. Uh, so where are we now? Are we going to achieve that target? Well, it looks like to us, five uh, percent is uh, probably very possible to be able to be achieved. Actually, at the beginning of the year, we thought there uh, might be somewhere between five point eight or six percent. But later on, it looks like the economic recovery is, uh, you know, partly, uh, you know, uh, compared to what we have expecting. Uh, well, actually, we thought six percent is not hard to achieve. But now it looks like uh, the economic growth rate has been uh, slightly lagging behind that expectation, and that's mainly because the real estate market has been pulling the economic growth backward. And that's a very um, that's an action adopted by China central government. That is, uh, we have real realized that the property bubble is actually pretty large, so we don't want the property price to keep on going. So when you have a stalling property price, and in some cities has been dropping by like 5 or 10%, uh, that means uh, the, the whole property market is not growing that quick. Uh, so, so when we look at the economic economic data this year, we have saw a lot of negative data only from the property sector. But if you take away the property sector, look at other things like consumption, tourism, restaurants, you know, investment, uh, high tech growth, medical growth, all these kind of things has been growing. Even the electricity used has been growing. I think it's about six or seven percent. So you can see that every economic sector besides the real estate has been pretty healthy, and that's the reason why we can still see five percent. GDP growth rate, but we have a sluggish uh, real estate market, which is very uh, impossible if you look at many other economic histories in the, in the world. I mean, look at 2008, you know, when the real estate market in the, in the United States actually came down, you see the GDP growth rate dropped to a negative territory. So that's basically because China is so large an economy uh, and with a very strong potential. That's, uh, that's the reason behind the fact that when its real estate market is not performing very good, its GDP can still be somewhere around 5%. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I do not really see much of the uncertainty to achieve 5% because uh, over the uh, last three quarters, we already achieved 5.2. And uh, uh, now uh, there are two months left. So the if you look at the PMI and also the PPI, they all support uh, the, uh, uh, the fulfillment of this target. Well, on that note, we come to the end of today's discussion. Many thanks to our guests. You can also find us on the CGTN app on YouTube. I'm Xu Qinduo. Thanks for being with us. See you next time.